What's going on, y'all? Welcome back to Straight Facts, a sports show that educates and entertains. I'm your boy, James Jackson. You might be a little surprised hearing my voice open up the show. My guy, Kyle Syracuse, also here, stepped in for me last week, did one hell of a job, but I am back, ready with my guys, like I said, Kyle Syracuse, Stat Matt Robinson on the way, no Jake Galley. Okay, we're like the Nets, can't get a full roster out here, but it actually is <laughs> five-year anniversary, man. Big blessings to our guy, Jake Galley, five-year anniversary with his girlfriend, Sarah. It is great, but... Jay can't steal all the shine for this episode. We have a big one that leads me right into the facts straight at you. And I don't do this often, y'all. I really don't. But it's like time to give Steph Curry a little bit of shine for for the season that he's having. I really don't do it often, but I'm going to do it right now. Steph Curry is in the midst of nine straight 30-point games for the Warriors, averaging 38.2 points per game in that span. That's most by any player in a nine-game span in NBA history. 32 against Chicago, 36 against Miami, 37 against Atlanta, 41 against Milwaukee, 32 against Washington, 38 against Houston, 53 against Denver, 42 against OKC, and then last night, 33 against Cleveland. And Matt, this was you. Before the podcast, when we asked him what we are going to talk about this week, immediately you said the quiet, great season that Steph Curry was having. Everyone knows about the nine straight 30-point games. Everyone knows that he's been in and out of the MVP conversation. He's doing Steph things, just not on a really good team. So why is it quiet? Why is it a quiet, really good season for Steph Curry? It's because the Warriors are struggling for a playoff spot right now. Curry's averaging a career high in points at the age of now 33. His numbers look like his MVP numbers. And you look at the advanced numbers, his box plus minus, he's tied with Embiid for a third in the league. The it's it's a travesty the team he's playing with because I know you guys are gonna uh, say it's he's not making the team better but I I I I just think it's a tough hand to be dealt with like I I view it kind of like a Harden a couple years ago the Rockets went forty one and forty one and he got left off like the third team All NBA team because he got like criticized for being forty one and forty one I think this Curry season is kind of like that I think he yeah. should be first team or second team all nba no question yeah i think the reason it's called a quiet great season is simply because of the fact the warriors are ninth in the west Mm. i mean they're not even in the playoff spot right now let lebron have a team have a great season where they don't make the playoffs i mean it just can't happen uh but respect to steph and i actually think that you know steph's the type of dude especially the team now that he has to put on his back you know he wants to make the playoffs he might make this like a 15 game spin because he could go out any night and drop 30, and he knows that. And he's allowed to take 25 shots a game if he wants to. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't be surprised to actually see him keep it going. Yeah, I mean, I think you you make two really good points, Kyle. One, let, let LeBron, you know, have any of this. We know the standard is different between LeBron and anybody else. But in particular, when it comes to LeBron and Steph Curry, like we have, we have a tough time drawing the same lines in the sand for a two-time, you know, MVP, a unanimous MVP as we do for LeBron James, but this this isn't about LeBron. This is about Steph. Um, but when you talk about the Warriors and where they are, like, yes, he could go out and for the next five to 10 more games, put up 30 points, you know, 35 points per game. He could do that, but it, but it comes at a cost. Like, he, you see him on the sidelines screaming to his team, like, have some passion, care, do something. And then it looks like he goes out and it looks like for majority of the time, He's the only one giving that kind of max effort, that kind of max passion, even like over Draymond over times. Like he's the only one doing that on his team. So when I say he's not carrying the weight, it's not like he's not going out and putting up numbers that he should. It's not like he's not going out and trying to make his team better. 
but it looks like he like the 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 scoring outbursts and these montages that he's doing it, it's not it's not employing any any kind of inspiration any motivation to the rest of his team like these 30 point games seem empty like i know i now i gave all the uh all the all the point totals for those nine straight games i didn't give the win totals though like the win, mm-hmm. the win totals. I mean, it, it doesn't stack up too much. They're still tenth in the West. I know the Warriors are one and seven without Steph Curry, but they're not crazy, crazy much better with him. They're twenty-seven. The only reason they're fighting for a playoff spot is because there's a playing tourney. Like in any other year, they're two, they're two seeds out of a playoff spot, and, and I'm very much on the outside looking in. They're twenty-seven and twenty-one when Curry plays. That's definitely playoff team level. And you're right, it's not LeBron because LeBron is the goat. He's in the Kobe tier of somewhere between 10 and 15th best all time. And Kobe, after Shaq left, the Lakers were seven seeds and they went 45 games. Kobe played all the games and Kobe put up great numbers. And he was second or third in MVP voting one of those years. And Kobe actually missed the playoffs the first year Shaq was gone. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Curry's having a season like that. He, like, having a box plus minus that's third in the league, like I said, that means you're they're eight points better on the court than when he's off the court. Mm-hmm. If you look at their offensive rating, when the Warriors have Curry on the floor, they're the 13th best offense this year. That doesn't sound impressive. When Curry is off the floor, they're the worst offense of any NBA team over the past five seasons. It's it's yeah. It, it it's monumental. What so you're he does trying to that say? Team. You're trying to say he's doing it all. That's what you're trying to say. He's he's doing it all for the Warriors. Without Steph Curry, the Warriors are what? Uh, they go ten and sixty-two without Steph Curry. Oh, I don't know about oh, 10. ten wins. I but... mean, Kyle, who else is pulling weight? His second best play right now is Draymond Green, and sometimes he don't even score. Like sometimes uh, he literally don't put the ball in the basket. Like I would argue Wiggins is the second best player right now. Okay, I don't think Draymond's having the best year. Second most. So. Second, I mean, right? Okay, second best offensive player is probably Andrew Wiggins. All around, like if you would you rather have Andrew Wiggins or Draymond Green? I. I Maybe that's a toss-up, but Draymond. it's tough at this point. It's tough at this point, but probably Draymond. But um, that ten and sixty-two is a little ridiculous to me. But now that I'm thinking about it more, I don't They're think they get more than like 50 yeah, like, like fifteen or sixteen is like it's like the max. Without yeah, Steph I don't Curry think they right get now. too much more. And I mean, Wiseman just got hurt. But what I will give Steph is he is putting the team on his back. I mean, he's averaging career highs in points, averaging career highs in rebounds. Five and a half rebounds a game for a point guard, especially like Steph is crazy. He's going out there to win every night, but going by the stats is tough to tough to see his impact. It's it just, I, that's, yeah, yeah, that's what it is. It's tough to see the impact. Like there's a difference between scoring a bunch of points and and not really moving the needle much for your team in terms of you know wins yeah, playing together. Efficient. He has a 66 percent true shooting yeah, percentage. But, uh, and that's and that is all well and dandy and that's great for him and i'm happy at you know good ups to you know big ups to steph for what he's doing but you're still 10th in the west so how much yeah. how much does it really mean at the end of the day he could because he could they're, legally, they're only like, a game like, out of the eighth seed you know, but do you do you remember do you remember when russell westbrook led the league in scoring and they missed the playoffs. He won the scoring title the last game of the season, and they missed the playoffs. And he was asked about it. And he was like, well, what does it mean to win your first scoring title? And he was like, jack shit. We're not in the playoffs. It doesn't mean anything. So you can do all of this, have the best season of your of your illustrious MVP type of career, all great type of career, but if you don't make the playoffs, how much does it mean? Did you really have that great of a season? Yeah, and like, this is... Go ahead. This is respect to Steph Curry because we're respect literally to holding him. him to the highest level he can be held to. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, if this, if this was Zach Levine doing all this and the Bulls still make, didn't make the playoffs, we'd be like, man, Zach Levine had one hell of a season. Give him all the prize. But I, this is an this is a champion. This is an MVP. So g- great. I'm glad you're scoring 30 point games. You still might miss the playoffs, and it still might not mean anything at the end of the day. Like this is it a really guy, sh- Steph Curry, who can do all of this, but. He needs a running mate, and he needs a, another All NBA type of running mate. Like since KD and Klay Thompson have gone down with injuries, they've looked great. Steph has looked great. The Warriors have it. Yeah, it, Clay's injury on top of his past injury is so devastating because the West would be so much more fun with a Warriors team that actually was like really, really good mm-hmm. instead of just like playoff contenders because the Jazz are fun. The Suns are fun. Obviously, the Lakers and the Clippers are the heavyweights. And then the Nuggets. And then the Mavericks. And imagine if, like, a healthy Warriors with with only Steph and um, Clay, not, like, the unfair KD-ness of the Warriors team. Another team in the mix, they'd be so much more... The West would be, It would just be so much good basketball in the Western Conference. And instead, we're stuck with an all-time great... Uh, in his late aging all-time great at 33 just carrying garbage and they might not even get it to the playoffs carrying garbage literally pleading with his team i've seen a lot of things watching the nba i don't think i've i've seen a person beg his team to care mid-game like show me show me something show me some yeah. passion. yelling at kelly Oubre and company show me some passion show me something and you're right they're in the midst of this wild wild west western conference again with the phoenix suns now at you know at number one or the, the jazz still at number one the phoenix suns right behind them at number two, um, then you have the Clippers, Lakers, everybody, everybody there jostling for position. Um, but five, five through eleven right now goes L.A., Portland, Dallas, Memphis, Golden State at nine, San Antonio, and New Orleans. And everyone's really paying attention to that seven, eight, nine, ten. Right, that's that's the play-in. Now, ten, nine, ten is where the Warriors see themselves right now. Where, like, how good does it get? How good can it get? Is that the best that it gets? Is nine and you try to scratch your way into the playoffs? Or is there a run that can be made by the end of the season? I mean, seven, eight, nine, ten, you're all in that play-in tournament. I think the play-in tournament is the best it can get, and that's what they're shooting for. Um, I can't see them getting to six. I can't see any way. I mean, they're four games back at that six spot right now, but the Trailblazers, I, I don't see falling off that much, and I really don't know if the Warriors are going to you know, destroy enough to get to that spot. So I think the play-in tournament is the best it can get. Uh, according and to- worst, they, worst they can get is like 12 seed, yeah. and you're just nothing. Shit, worst they can get is they can pack it in now and try and get another try and get another top three lottery pick or something like that. I but- do want to uh, say, now that we're talking about the Western Conference, a little Woj bomb came across my phone because I got um, I alerts on, and I think Donovan Mitchell had a pretty serious injury. Yeah. Went to the locker room, non-contact, had to be helped off. So that's a horrible blow for the one seed in the West right now. Yeah. That you thought I don't want to be mean about this. But I'm going to be. They have a, if the Warriors get the eight seed through the playing tournament, they could beat a Mitchell list Jazz in the first round. We're talking I think, about what I the think a lot of teams could beat a, a Mitchell. I think a jazz. lot of teams could, <laughs> could beat a Mitchell. But I also jazz. don't see a Mitchell list Jazz holding on to that one seed that they're only no, a game up on. How many games yeah. up are they on Phoenix? Two, one, three, one game. Uh, one. Yeah. And Phoenix playing the best. Maybe and the, the Clippers are right, right behind that. And the two, yeah, the two teams behind them are maybe the two teams playing the best basketball in the league right now, in the Suns and the Clippers. So without Donovan. That that's absolutely tough. Tough. All right. Speaking of speaking of Donovan Mitchell and Steph Curry, because I had a question. Like the, when I'm going through the script and looking at all these Steph Curry stats, I asked myself, and I want to know your guys' opinion. 
is Steph is Steph Curry the best guard in the league? Is there is there a a case to be made for Steph Curry being the best guard in the league? Not just point guard, but but best guard. You could throw James Harden in there too. You could throw Bradley Beal in there. You can throw other guys that aren't point guards in there as well. Is he the best guard in the league? <sighs> That's so hard to me. Him and Only Harden three are names. one two. Him and Harden are one two. Only three names are in that conversation for me. It's him, Harden, and Dame Lillard. Dame, right, right, right. I hold Dame to a Kyrie's having a season where he's in the discussion, but he's usually not in the discussion. Well, Kyrie got to show up to work to be in the discussion. Like that, if Kyrie showed up to work all eighty two, he'd probably be in the discussion. Yeah, I would. I actually thought about this question too when we were looking at the scripts. I would say Steph is. I think Harden is so close and Dame is right there too. I think it's so close to, you know, point to one. I think I think Steph is. Steph is number one. Best guard in the league. What a, what a, what so. a nine seed. What a nine seeded team. Hey, I, just well, want, I just want I just want the What would Harden do on this team though? I just want the I just want the standard to be the same. If yep. Harden had a nine seed, he would wouldn't be in the discussion. If Dame Lowe had a nine seed, wouldn't be in the discussion. Like like it, like the standards gotta be the same. I agree, Harden. but let's flip it to like best player, right? A lot of people would say LeBron James. Well, can the five seed have the best player in the league? Out of the five seed, apparently he's about to get the MVP. Four or five seed about to get the MVP. So and the Nuggets, maybe. yeah. Well, I'm saying like I think the best guard can be on a nine seed team because you clearly see no help. That's true. That's true. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, well, I, I think I think he's slightly better than Harden, but it's close. It's close. It's it's definitely close. I think you're sleeping on Dame too, man. I almost want to say Dame's the best guard in the league. No, 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 I definitely, no, I definitely, it, it's no, those no, no, three. No, no. It's a close no, no, race. No, 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 it's a two. It's a, there's a two-person no, tier, not a two-horse race. And then, and then it's a drop, and then you got Lillard and, and Kyrie and like. No, that. don't put Lillard with Kyrie, no. man. Kyrie's this year. Kyrie's this year's been great. I think it's a three-person race, though. I don't think there's a drop under Harden between Lillard. And if there is a drop, it's not a cliff. The drop is the drop is slight. Even 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 from Dame to Kyrie, like Dame, I have him above, but the drop is slight. The drop is is very slight. But I don't. There was think actually not, like eight plus players. Dame's an A player. That's what I'll, I'll call it. Nah, <laughs> I still can't say that. There was a point for me. We do this. We we almost get to the end of a segment. A question gets popped. Matt throws something out of left field and it makes us go on a crazy tangent. And we about to do it again. Because there's a point for me. Two years ago, where I said Dame Lillard was the fifth best player in the league, went down the list, and I fully believed it. And, and it was funny because LeBron's son, Bronny, went through his top five, and then it was a big thing, and everyone was like, Dame in the top five. And I was right. like, wait, I kind of agree. I kind of agree, right. I, I think Dame is a tremendous player. Problem, the, MV, the NBA is so good right now, there's 15 players that are like top five players. That's true. It yeah. does change. It's very fluid. It is a very fluid list. That changes. But I do think Dame has – what Steph is going through now, Dame has gone through for the past two, three years, especially when injuries happen, where it doesn't seem like there's a whole lot of help. I mean, he went through the bubble last year and got his team in the playoffs with no Nurk, no McCollum. Like, like the, the weight that Steph Curry's had to pull for – 60% of a season. Dame Lillard been doing that for the last three, four years in Portland, man. Yeah, and he went to a Western Conference Finals. No complaints. No no complaints from this man. No no, no media help for Dame. No, he doesn't have... He, you know, he, he has no one to help him say, over there. I, did the Warriors have Durant in that Western Conference Finals when they swept Lillard? They did not. <laughs> they did not. <laughs> Steph went off that Still season. Had a, much a, better team. a plus versus A. A plus versus A. <laughs> I can live with it. I don't agree with it, but I can live with it. This is another agree to disagree kind of things because, like my man, I mean, Ahmad, we're talking between an A plus and an A. Right, I mean, honestly, right, right, right. It, it, like, it ain't much of a difference. Like I'm my cool. man Ahmad Smith knows. Shout out to Ahmad Smith, Akis NBA. 
when Matt, when Stat Matt thinks something, you're not going, you're not going to change his mind. Amatra found that out the hard way. <laughs> Speaking of a wild race, the Nets aren't really helping themselves in the race that they're in atop of the Eastern Conference with this the Philadelphia 76ers. And to add on top of it, a guy who they put a lot of eggs in their basket, they went to go get in the buyout market, LaMarcus Aldridge, surprisingly to everybody, announces his retirement after 13, 13 seasons in the NBA, something like that. Believe- yeah, I believe 13. Majority, majority with the Portland Trailblazers. Obviously did a stint with the San Antonio Spurs and then, you know, had a two, good two-week vacation in Brooklyn before hanging them up. And I we don't have to spend too much time on this because LA wasn't, obviously isn't the focal point of the Nets. But I do think it's worth noting because as the Nets are jumbling amidst themselves, trying to get everybody on the court, trying to figure everything out, another hurdle gets thrown in their way. Another roadblock all of a sudden gets thrown in their way. And it begs the question, like, what, what are they going to lose now that LaMarcus Aldridge is gone? What what were they potentially going to get for the long run? And now what's not there with without L.A.? Yeah, I mean, we talked about it two weeks ago. I thought they needed a big man, right? I thought he was the best in the locker room the second they got him. Because you got to think ahead, right? It's Joel Embiid. No one's been able to stop him. You have to be able to contain him. And I'm not saying Aldridge could have done it, but it would have had to have been a committee. Mm-hmm. Aldridge, Brooke Lo- or Blake Griffin... And DeAndre Jordan. They would have to do something to even if you could just hold him down for three minutes at a time. All right, that's my shift. Blake, it's your turn. And now you lose probably the best piece of being able to do that. I mean, I'm not mad. He was getting almost 13 points a game with the Nets. They don't need that. They don't need 13 points a game. They need an interior defender. And you lost the best one in the locker room. He was getting 2.2 blocks a game in his little stint with the Nets. You lose the best one in the locker room. I think it's a... It's a big blow for that team, especially, as you said, they put a lot of eggs in the basket to get him. They didn't put, it was a buyout. They it's a buyout, but it's I mean. A buyout, you still, I mean, you went and got him. <laughs> you went and got him. Eggs, <clears throat> I, I was very lukewarm on LaMarcus Aldridge that we can remember. Mm-hmm. It is a big loss because they obviously, but they were, they were expect, they were prepping for the playoffs. They got Aldridge, started getting acclimated, and then. Unfortunately, Aldrich has this heart problem that rightfully scared him, right, and I'm right, glad right. he's taking his health into account. And it's definitely, uh, it's definitely something the Nets can contend with, but have to like really struggle with. But honestly, what really worried me is when the Sixers played him the other night, and what they did to Embiid is good enough to win the series because Embiid had 39 and like 15, but he was, it was he wasn't super duper efficient. He was 13 of 29. He had made a lot of free throws, but if he, if they, if that's Embiid for the playoffs, they win that series. Embiid has to be more efficient than that in the playoffs. And there's a bunch of other reasons why that game got close at the end that mm-hmm. aren't tied to Embiid at all. But I, I still, I really wish I could say, not that's mean to say, but like I still think the Nets are the favorites in the East, even with Aldridge. That was um, literally my next question. That was that was literally where I was going. I next. do, I do, I do want to be like. I, I don't understand why they played Durant against Minnesota and not against Philly. But, but, like, 
they don't want us to see any of them. They don't want us to see any of them. Don't you want the one seed? Don't you want the one seed? Not not like, as not, not as much not not as much as now. Not don't take the competitive advantage of the element of surprise over the competitive advantage of the one seed. Because it's I, like a I think they think that their offense could travel on the road. Like they're no matter where they go, we are gonna drop buckets once we all get on the court together. But we don't want to give anybody the opportunity until the playoffs to. Like to, to put a game plan together. And it wouldn't shock me that if they feel confident in the first round, that people don't see like all, all four or five games of the series either. If Kyrie sits out one game, if KD sits, if they go up 2 0 and KD sits out a game, like they want to give people as little time as possible. There is no doubt in my mind that everything that's going on with the Nets outside of Lamarcus Aldridge is being done on purpose or is at least calculated. Like, I just Ky- want to Kyrie, say. Kyrie may come into the locker room and be like, hey, I I'm, I need some time off. And in any other circumstance, they're like, nah, man, we need you here. We're trying to make a playoff push. But in this circumstance, it's like, hey, KDQ play tonight? Cool, Kyrie, take the night off. James, Harden, you play tonight? Cool, Kyrie, take the night off. Like, I, I, I do, I, I seriously think they're not putting everything that they have out on paper so people can't see what they have. That's the only I'm explanation not, I have. I'm I not so saying too. he's being too cute, but there's a big chance that Steve Nash is being too cute. Yeah. Like, cheeky. I don't, cheeky in the box. It's like, he's dude, a it's new like, coach. Uh, I think he's getting a little too fine. Like, I, the stuff he thought as a player, like, ooh, what if I did this and this? And he's, he might be getting away with it because his team's so talented, but maybe in the playoffs, an experienced coach like Budenholzer or Rivers can kind of take it to the rookie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dude, it's like uh, what my high school baseball coach used to do when we'd play. James knows Springford. We play Springford. We know we'd have to play him in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. We don't throw our number one. No. They, we're not giving them the number one pitcher until playoffs. We're not going to show you that. You can get three. You can get four. That's exactly what the Nets are doing. And trust me, Kyrie Irving will not miss a single playoff game for personal reasons. Probably If probably he gets not. hurt, he's not going to miss a single playoff game for personal reasons. None of them are. They're going to play every single game unless maybe they're up 3-0 in the first round. KD can have the night off. And like, here, and here's the thing with with no KD, Harden, Griffin, Aldridge, Claxton, they almost came back on the Sixers that night. I turned the game off, yeah, thinking that shit was over. Then go on Twitter, see all y'all freaking out, <laughs> just to turn yeah, the game back game. on in five point game with, with 45 seconds to go. Yeah. Like, like, you didn't make a shot in the last eight minutes. With with <laughs> all of that. The Nets found themselves within striking distance. So as long as that keeps up, they know that like if if this if that is our bar when we don't have anybody on the floor, imagine where that goes when we do have it on the floor. It's it's a lot of concept. It's a lot of relying on paper than relying on actual chemistry and, and actual play of, of basketball, which I do think obviously can bite them in the ass a little bit. But when you have three proven guys who who come alive in the playoffs about James Harden, but but come alive when it's time, then I you you might be able to if you're Steve Nash rely on that a little bit. You you no, you, I, you might be able to. What I do I think is can. funny is the Philly fans getting greedy and saying KD sucks. Like here y'all here y'all go. Chanting Channing KD sucks at the end of the game. Nah, see, sometimes you just gotta take the what? dub quietly just, and go back to the locker room. Like so, sometimes nah, you can't get to the that. If we chanted KD sucks, so you know what's gonna happen? KD's gonna average 35 in the playoffs of course, us. Of course. You know what, the story you know, writes you know, itself. You know what, the no, story you know writes ha- itself. No, but you know what happens if we don't chant KD sucks? He still averages 35 yeah, in the playoffs. But there's, but there's, uh, but there's a going at you, there's a going at you approach. Like if KD played his heart out in that game and and put up 13 and 4 against y'all and went 
30% from the field? Sure. Let out a KD chance, sucks, and let them know we on your ass. He didn't play. James Harden, half That was the reason, though. That was the point. They didn't play. They didn't play. So don't wake a sleeping monster, dog. Don't wake a sleeping monster. I'm just saying, dude, because they, I got mad at this, actually, because they did the take about this on first take. They did a whole segment about this, about the KD suck thing. (laughs) When did booing an opposite team in a sporting event become like a big deal like oh they shouldn't have booed him blah blah no, blah like, they're, they're gonna always pump it up and hype it up because you're always silly oh i don't care always yeah. always gonna do it but i think there is and you could have booed them you you you, is, you plucked kd out from the crowd and that said, is a version of booing in philadelphia okay. Okay. <laughs> screaming at the other team you suck okay. give him a finger i mean that's no, what but happened you singled out it's just why singled out kd and you 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 saw him on the sideline He's looking. At, he's looking at DJ like, why? Why me? What I do? Like, I ain't. I didn't do anything. I was cool with y'all. Now he mad. Now y'all woke a sleeping monster. Because like, he chose to sit. You, need you to know, do Kyrie doesn't. Kyrie never plays, and Harden's actually like a little hurt apparently. Mm-hmm. But KD just didn't play. He was fine. He could have played. And probably. he's the face. Probably. He's probably the best player. But that's yeah. more. He's the face. I'll give you that. He played the Timberwolves, but not the Sixers. When that's the, where when he can't. That's where he can't defend himself. He the yeah, defense yeah. is Kyle. Where you're like, oh, James Harden might be a little bit hurt. Kyrie's got the personal reasons. His defense is he doesn't play on back. I love that Kyrie's got the personal reasons. It's so normal now. Yeah, that's that's. Like where's Kyrie? He's got. He's got personal reasons. Kyrie, All right, word. Kyrie's got more PTO than any than any person in, in America's workforce. And I I, I yeah. promise you that. But KD's defense is he doesn't play back to backs. And and yes, is it a is it a coward way out? Bro, I, I'm with you. Like, is it a coward way out? Pussy way out? Absolutely. But then it, play the there. back end. Don't play the worst team Absol- in the league. Absolutely. Play the back end of the back to back like any normal player. Are we going player. to see the worst team in the league when it's time? No. Are we ever going to see like- Minnesota? No. Like exactly, Katie, yeah. And what Katie do against Minnesota? 31, a, a light 31 on 10 from 12 like from the that. field. Like, like that's what he does. And then I'm, I'm going to take the night off against the Sixers. So they don't have, they, they can't game plan for me at all. We, we know yeah. that what it is. It's calculated. That's all right. It's, it's I don't perfect. respect it though, because the man that invented the back to back, Kawhi Leonard, I don't <laughs> play back to backs. If you play the Timberwolves and you play the Lakers, I promise you he's playing the back ends. He's playing the Lakers. I also games. think that's, you know, you never want to have this happen, but the league might have to step in a little bit because no one wants to see KD against the Timberwolves. But that the hurts. league, but yeah. the league put the Nets and the Sixers on ESPN on a Wednesday night on purpose at seven o'clock on purpose just to find out that the only marquee pl- person playing for the Nets was Kyrie. Of all people, of all people, Kyrie's the one who showed up. Of all people, we put this joint on ESPN. We want KD there. Don't matter. Absolutely. Yeah, I was bummed when I saw that. I was like, oh, I, I, this was like, I was pumping myself up to the biggest Sixers regular season yeah, game Yeah, absolutely. That was the measuring stick. That was the we then, the then like, for KD's out, and then it's like, oh, we're going to win unless we really fuck up. Okay. And y'all almost really fucked that. Y'all almost did it. Y'all almost did that exactly. I don't want to say it, but it was very Doc Rivers-ish what happened at the end of that game. See, here you go. Here you I'm go. not looking for I'm not looking too much into a regular one regular season game. Give me a playoff series. I, I don't care about that. I mean, people drop game. The Sixers, for some reason, can't beat the Cavs in the regular season. Is I want to see the Bucks and the Nets play five quadruple overtime games in a seven-game series. Hey, you want too much of a sample size. you got to take what's that's, given that's, to you. That's, that's what I want. I want them to beat their asses up, and then we eat the, the survivor. You are going to 
come out of this the one seed, which I don't think the Nets realize how beneficial the one seed may be because you don't have to play Milwaukee. Play avoiding Milwaukee before you get to the conference final. We'll play Atlanta. Be the goal. We'll, we'll play like the Knicks and then Atlanta. Or the like Hornets. Right yeah, or the Hornets or the something. Hornets. Yeah, the well, Hornets. Yeah. The Hornets look no like seven or eight now. Yeah. Are they like seven? Those it's so tight, enough? though. It's so Three, tight, though. It's like, a game like one and a half games. So, yeah. That is that is crazy. All right, we're going to move on. Great conversation, but a lot of other conversations have been going out. We're bringing back Speaking Facts, man. We haven't done this in so long, and it's it's the first hallmark of straight facts. So we got to bring it back. Uh, and it's a perfect time to, because some people really been wilding. So to start, Luka Doncic, who had a crazy buzzer beating the other night. I'm sure you guys have seen it, the floater from three. He was asked about the NBA, the play-in tournament for... Um, for the playoffs. The Mavs are right in the midst of it right now. He said, I don't understand the idea of a play-in tournament. You play 72 games to get in the playoffs. Then maybe you lose two in a row and you're out of the playoffs. I don't see the point of that. Matt, I'll go to you first. Is Lucas speaking facts? Does he not watch other sports? Like, that's what. Like, that's where I was like, going to go. Two two games, like the Champions League, two games, you're out. It's a two-leg and, and the NFL. I know he's new to the country. You go 13-3. Oh, you get to play the 8-8 eight and eight Bears in the first round? Guess what? If you lose, you're out. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's knockout sports. You you have 72 games to become a top six team. Like, you, don't, you can avoid this if you get into the top six. Mm-hmm. Top six isn't, like, unbelievable. There's 15 teams in a conference that's being the top third and a, per, and a team. Like, I know the West is tougher than the East, but it's... Do your business... Get your business done. It's not like it's one game on the road you're getting a little advantage like win yeah i mean i mean so wait so matt you're saying he's not speaking facts he's not speaking facts yeah no Baseball yeah i don't think he's speaking 62 games and then boom a three game sweep and you're out like it's tough yeah, i don't think he's speaking facts either and the format of the play in tournament is really good a seven or an eight is guaranteed in mm-hmm. a seven or eight is guaranteed in and the loser of that has a second shot to still get in i mean if you've seen the trend in sports this is the trend, the second chance. Look at the MLB. They opened up the wild card to a one, and they added another wild card team. NFL, the NFL, NFL just yeah. added another playoff team. And as Matt said, other sports do it this way. I, there's one thing I don't like about the format. I think maybe you could have a three-game series and stretch it out a little bit, just say so we know we're taking the best team to the playoffs. But no, like if if you don't earn a top six seed, look at the final or the conference standings every year the nine or the 10 seed just missed the cut yeah. now you give them a second chance and to be honest if you're fighting for an eight seed i'm sorry you're probably not beating the one seed anyways in the first round it's never going to happen so i like i like the the playing tournament it's going to be cool to watch this year i know last year we kind of had something similar a little bit different with the bubble but uh i think it'll be cool to watch and no he's not speaking facts if, if you deserve to be there then you win the games and you're in there yeah, I, I, I tried to see where Luka was coming from with this. I really did. And I also thought about, you know, his time with the Mavs and his, and his you know, first three seasons last year. They went in as a seventh seed, obviously, um, and, and put up a very good a very good uh, round against the Clippers. But if you're Luka, they're, they're, in your first three years, a playoff spot is, is, is come at a premium for you. It, it's not like you've spent your first two years in a league being a 3-4 seed guaranteed to go to the playoffs. You fought and scratched and clawed your way in, you know, only only one time. And to for the second year to see your team kind of go through injuries, be down and out, you're carrying so much weight. And then to read the rules and be like, wait, if we make it in, we still may not get in. 
Like, that's what you're telling me? We got to work all this? We got to beat out teams like the Warriors and the up-and-coming Grizzlies and the Pelicans who play well? We got to beat all these teams out just to maybe get bounced out of the seventh spot? But, so I tried to see where he was coming from, but I think you two make a very good point of, like, you handle business to get there. You're playing lesser teams still. It's not like you play, like, the fifth or sixth seed, and then if you lose, you're out. Like, no, you're still playing teams that have come in under you. So, yeah, yes, you're going to have to take care of business for one more game. But take care of business for that last game, and you go into the playoffs. Then you get smacked around, you know, by the, by the Jazz or by the Clippers when you get in. But but yeah. until then, like, handle business. I actually think they should change the format. The seven Because the 7 plays the 8, and the winner gets in. Yep. And the and 9 then plays the 10, and then the winner of that plays, plays the loser of the 7-8. Yeah. I think it should go 7 should play 10, 8 should play 9. If 7 and 8 win, they're in the playoffs. If but, 7 wait, or 8 thing, win, say, that say team's 10, in the playoffs. Say 10 beat 7. You can't give the 10. You can't give 10 the 7 seed. No, you don't. No, if 9 you and 10 win, they still have to play each other for the next spot. Because only one 9 or 10 can get in. I just right, think right. it's unfair to have a 7 or 8 seed is definitely going to be winner so then, go home. So here's the thing. I think that's I think that's along the lines of what Luca is saying. Like, you're either all for the play. To me, you're either all for the playing tournament or you're all for how it was. I'm cool with it. I just, no, I like it as a concept. I just think the format should be a little tweaked. It just gets more confusing. It's not just a classic tournament winner plays winner, blah, blah, thing. Right. More news this about way. Donovan Mitchell. It's a right ankle sprain. So nothing, nothing too it's crazy. bad, wow. but it's not like an ACL or anything. No, good, that's good, still, good. I mean, that's still like a little two week reevaluate you in two weeks kind of thing. Right. It's not Shit, much Ankle time. sprain could be four, yeah. but yeah, he'll be back for the playoffs. All right, good. That, I'm glad great. to hear that. All right, we'll move on from that. We'll move on to the next speaking facts. Uh, Julius Irving, Dr. J, w- was asked about the Nets roster moves. And of course, an OG is not going to like something like this happening. He said it's reminiscent of how the Yankees used to do it all the time. They load up and they call it buying a championship. They're getting all these pieces, but at the end of the, but they don't know at the end of the season what it's going to look like or what it's going to feel like. Is the doc, is the doctor, Kyle, is he speaking facts? Is, is this, is this, Steinbrenner-esque with the Yankees are doing, or what the Nets are doing. Yeah, I mean, the point is that they're buying a championship, right? And uh, it, I think they are speaking facts. I looked through the Nets roster, and there's only two guys on the roster that were there two years ago. That's Joe Harris, and it's Spencer Dinwiddie, who, by the way, is out with the ACL, not going to play the whole season. So when you completely uphaul your roster and have made probably the most moves in the league this year, went after all these pieces even their coaching staff's different i mean whatever you change coaches for different reasons but you have two guys on the roster that play on your team in 2018 19 season i think to an extent you can say they're buying a championship they're having these rental players right Mm -hmm. maybe Kyrie, harden and durant find something they stay in the net brooklyn for a while i doubt it one of them's gonna leave but every other piece on this roster they shipped away their young talent Karis levert bye-bye jerry allen bye-bye Every other piece is just like a rental. Mm-hmm. I'll see you guys for a year or two. I mean, and that makes sense because teams do that at the deadline to fill holes, but they did it with their whole roster. So I think, you know, I, I, I'm not saying it with as much of a negative connotation as Dr. J probably was that he hates this. I understand as a business, you're going to abuse the tactics you can to become the best business, right? I mean, it may not be the right thing to do. But you're going to do it. So I think they are buying a championship, though. I'm not completely against it because that's how the league's set up. I hear you. Matt, before you Uh, go, before you go, Matt, before you go. (laughs) This is what I will say. 
I think four or five years ago, I would have been like, Dr. J is 100% speaking facts. Fuck the Yankees in the fuck the Yankees in the 70s, fuck the Yankees in the 90s, fuck the Yankees in the in the late 2000s for buying all those championships because they did it in the late 2000s when they beat the Phillies as well. And then my Tampa Bay Buccaneers got a bunch of rental players this offseason. And we went <laughs> on a crazy run and we won a championship. And everyone's telling me, well, when you lose, when Brady finally retires, when he move on, you're not going to be good anymore. And you know what I said to that? Yeah, you're right. So what? We have a championship. So I don't care. You're talking to me two years after he's gone. We probably will be bad. With a Lombardi trophy on the mantle, it'll be a lot sweeter. So like, yes, it, it may be Yankees-esque. It may be Steinbrenner-esque. They may be buying their championships. But like, if, if I'm the Nets, just like the Yankees were, just like the Bucks were, it's a so what beat us. Like it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's a so what. Like, yeah, yeah, we're doing all of this. And I do think the small difference between what the Yankees did and what the Nets are doing now is the Yankees were very unapologetic about it and didn't like h- try to hide any facet of it like at one yeah. point boom, like the 200 mil boom to share yeah, yeah, yeah. like at one point the Yankees infield with A-Rod Jeter Cano to share and Posada behind the play had a, a bigger bankroll than like the entire Brewers organization entire Brewers dugout and they didn't care they were like yeah absolutely we got all these pieces because we're trying to be better than everybody like, if we could get all the best players, we're going to do that because we're trying to be better than the team that's over there. Like, I, I, we're not doing anything outside of the rules. Like, it sucks when you're not that team. It really does. And it looks like, man, that's unfair. But it's like, if we're all trying to go win a championship and we're doing it within the rules, like, screw you if you think this is a little bit more unfair because your team doesn't have what we have over here. What I think the Nets are doing wrong is they're trying to, like, jump around it and sugarcoat it. They're trying to sit players here and there. They're trying to justify, like, no. Like, if you're going to do it, do it with your chest out. Do it ten toes down. Go get all these players. Just like the Bucks said, like, yeah, this is a rental. We're here for a good time, not a long time. And in that good time, we're going to try to win a championship. Okay, I'll give I got you one thing. With, the Buccaneers got, got their players back. They did. They, they kind of... Still I got problems. Though. I got problems with what both of you guys said. Go ahead. First of all, Doctor J not speaking facts, and it's a big violation because Doctor J went to the Sixers because the Sixers bought him for three mil. Well, because of a merger. Well, because of a merger, right? No, the Nets. The Nets offered him to the Knicks, and the Knicks said, "No, we want money instead of Doctor J." So they 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 sold him to the Sixers. Okay. And the Sixers won a chip out for it. Also, the Bucks was won the chip not because they were uh, like bought a championship, Brady looked at the Bucks and said, wow, this little great bunch of offensive talent, they got a good defense, they just need a quarterback not to throw 30 picks and they got a chance to win the yeah, Super but Bowl. Yeah, but then what are the, what, but then but then during the ride, Leonard Fournette is one of the biggest reasons, yeah, Gronk's one of the Fournette's, biggest reasons. Fournette's rentals. like a good running back, he's not like a, yeah, he's but, not like a, but it's a rental, but it's a, a rental to a different. Rental's different from buying. so much out of young players though, because, Murphy Bunting, Jamel Dean, Tristan Wirfs. I mean, I think there's a lot difference in football because it's a whole roster. Football, it's 53, so it's much tougher too. The Nets, I'm only salty about the Nets because this is the best Sixers team I've ever seen. Right. So yeah, right. I, I, if I'm being honest about the Nets, the Nets made the worst trade in a long time with the Celtics eight years ago when mm-hmm. they gave away all the draft picks. And they somehow found a way to rebuild and get a fun young team, scrap their way into the playoffs. And they used that... A, that good organization, like solid organization, compared to the Knicks, 
made KD and Kyrie go, why would we go to, we want to go to New York. Why the fuck would we go to the fucking Knicks or shit show? Mm-hmm. Well, the Nets actually look like they can do shit even if they fuck up all their draft picks. Right. So we'll go there. And then they use their young talent that they made the playoffs with, boom, turned it into James Harden. There, I have, there's nothing wrong with that except the fact that it hurts the Sixers. <laughs> so, and my, but the Lakers last year were an abomination for winning a chip because they were a garbage organization. They did everything wrong. And then the, because their name is the Los Angeles Lakers, LeBron James decided to go there. Yeah. <laughs> Which meant AD wanted to go there. They did everything wrong as an organization. They lucked into the past winning to get LeBron. Like, and... There, I've, there's nothing wrong with the Nets are doing except the fact that it's hurting the Sixers' chances. <laughs> I wish you're very candid about it. At least you could be, you could be very. And hey, maybe I mean Doc still bleeds. You know, 76ers got no reason to bleed any other team. So I'm sure he's still looking at it from a Philadelphia standpoint. Like he wants to see his former team win a championship too. He's like that. Year we, we have a, a huge hurdle to go through. You know, absolutely. Next one, we're moving on. Because this one, this one's very close to home, actually. One of our own guys, our, our very own Stat Matt Robinson, made it to the Speaking Facts segment. About three weeks ago, Matt got in a heated debate with, again, our guy, Ahmad Smith, and said Jokic should be the front runner for MVP right now. And for context, this was right when Joel Embiid went down. We had a huge episode about who thinks, you know, who should be the front runner now that Embiid is out. And my guy, Stat Matt, said Jokic. We all said, oh, you're crazy. It absolutely can't be. It can't be Jokic. No way. Look at where the the Nuggets sit. And then a, a poll got let out of all the vote of all the vote givers of the NBA award or the NBA MVP award. And what Jokic get ninety of one hundred and one first place votes or something like that. Yep. So exactly so that. there has to be a lot of validity, Kyle. <laughs> retrospectively, looking back. Was Stat Matt speaking facts? And speak carefully now, because we can't give this man too many too much. Hey, I mean, it's it is tough to say he wasn't speaking facts when honestly he was just on top of it before everyone else. Yeah, I would like to throw out, I was not involved in that episode, so I was not up in arms about Matt saying Jokic. Would you have been? You would have been. I don't think I would have been because the stats. It is a stat award. A lot of the time, you see Russell Westbrook triple double stat award, and sometimes you'll get you know a one seed guy, but. The NBA is not shy to give it to a team that's not that good, like not a top team, but the player just has all the best stats. And I think Jokic fills those boxes. And when you see Embiid get hurt, who is the front runner, and was LeBron hurt yet? I don't think he was. LeBron wasn't but then hurt. He gets LeBron hurt. wasn't, but literally I don't like think two days surprised. later he got yeah. hurt. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, Matt was obviously speaking facts. I, I still disagree. I still think Embiid deserves this reward. It is tough to look past 18 missed games, however. But I, I think... Matt, 100% speaking facts. Look so, where we are now. So, how, he was Matt, on top so of- how is Matt speaking facts, but you think Embiid should still win MVP? Because the number, hey, that's an opinion. 90 out of 100, the numbers speak for themselves. So Matt was like, right. The fact of the matter is, on paper, he literally is the front runner because everyone's He is literally speaking facts, yes. Jokic should be MVP over Embiid as much as I don't want to say it. I don't get it. I don't, I don't, I don't get it. And then you just watched him dominate the next best team in his comp. I get it without a lot of good players. The Nets Nets are three games. That's right. The Nuggets are three games worse than the Sixers. It's not that big of a difference. Just look at win totals. Yeah, Um, that's a good point. The fact that I know Sixers are the one, Nuggets are like the four or five, but the West is so much better record wise. Jokic has played 64% more minutes than Embiid has. Embiid is a better player than Jokic. Offensively, Jokic is better, but Embiid is much better defensively. But 
18 game difference. It's it's as much as I love Joel, I I got a good. I, I mean, unfortunately, unfortunately, when a race, when something like this, you know, is always a race like this is always going to be so tight, right? It's always going to come down to a few nuances, a few little things is going to give somebody an edge over another person. And 18 more games of a sample size is a lot. And and Jokic has numbers that go right up there with. And beads, and I think it's very unfortunate. But the injury, like you can't get injured. If you want to win the MVP, you can't miss extended time. Your best ability is your availability for your team, right? And like, if if Embiid stayed healthy and had these these same numbers or you know very similar, he'd be no doubt MVP. I still think he's MVP. So Matt, like, I don't think you're speaking facts. Just from my point of view, if I would still give Embiid the MVP, I still think he deserves to be MVP. But. If he loses it, if and when he loses it to Jokic, like I, I'll understand that. Like the only the where where you lost it is the number of games you missed. It shouldn't be yeah. anything else to be Which honest. Is tough. Which it's, is it's tough. a tough pill to swallow, but there's some solace in that. that literally, bro, the only reason you lost MVP is because you weren't on the floor as much. And that's you, and that's something you got to be able to reward Jokic for. Not so much punish and bead, but you got to reward Jokic for for staying healthy. Yeah. Being quick, team. quick, real quick thought what? experiment. Never want to look towards injuries, but say Jokic gets hurt now. What happens to the MVP award? As Joel gets shoots back up? This is criminal. This is criminal time to get hurt. Because like Donovan Mitchell, like you get hurt now, and if you if you come back, you come back with I guess my question is if maybe Giannis gets like real discussion. Yeah, I was gonna say my is my question is say he gets hurt, he's out of the conversation. Is he out with Joel Embiid? And it, we're talking about someone completely different, to or does Joel become the Jokic. guy? To me, it's and, and that's where the narrative has gone. Has gone. Yeah. Like narr- narrative, narrative award. Narr- narr- narrative, narrative freaking league. Yep. Yep. And the yeah. narrative now is it's a two horse race: Jokic and Embiid. And Jokic has as nosed in front of Embiid because of injuries. So if Jokic yeah. goes out, Embiid takes that. I don't think there's anybody else that kind of goes up into that into that range. Um, okay. I think I think, I think so too. I think it's right there. Last one. Speaking of Embiid. And beat after his dominance against the Nets, you would think this is the time for him to make his own MVP case. It was not. He chose a different award. He said, I want to be defensive player of the year. I should be the defensive player of the year. To me, bold statement, because there's somebody else on your squad who literally, what, two nights before said the exact same thing, that I should be defensive player of the year. So Matt, is the big man speaking facts? And even more to the question, is it right for him to say it when his running mate is buying for that same award? I like the interpret team rivalry. He's not the defensive player of the year. It's Ben Simmons. But this is where it's a really bad thing. It's like third-party voting. He's going to split the vote mm-hmm. between Simmons and Embiid, and then Gobert's going to fucking win it again. Mm. So, <laughs> you got to be tactical. That's Joel. what I'm saying. You can't let Gobert keep winning this award. No, that was my whole point is... <laughs> And you got to know that. You got to know that coming out of your camp, you get, you get to stick your your pin, your picture next to one award. So if you're in beat. He said he wants the defensive player of the year over. Over, uh, over the MVP. Over, I'll, I'll, put it, I'll put it this way. I'll, I'll put it this way. I'll put it this way. Like per, per team, per roster, like you get, you get one. So if you're, if you're in beat, like you, you don't, you don't get. To, to say I want the defensive player of the year, then get MVP and Ben Simmons still gets defensive player of the year. Like you get you get one. So 
Like, if, if you're going to buy for this defensive player of the year, then you're okay saying that, Ben, I don't think it's you. Like, you're not, you're not going to get it. I don't think it's bad, like, team. I think it's just bad tactics. I think it's a good to have, like, the interpersonal, like, fun rivalry. More, more tactics. But tactically, it's just really dumb. But he didn't, he didn't, but Matt, he didn't even acknowledge Ben. I watched, I watched the whole, the whole, you know, press conference, the whole statement. And he never said like, I, I know, I know my teammate is buying for this award. He's a hell of a defensive player and he's making a great case. I just think I'm defensive player. No, nothing. He said it as if he's opposing Ben Simmons in this race. And I just think that's a little... I don't like to look at it that way. I'm being irrational. Yeah, go ahead. Like I'm, no, no, no. You're being an optimist. I'm being, I'm being irrational. Like I'm, I'm seeing it for what it is. Kyle is indeed speaking facts. I mean, no. I mean, I, I'm not even looking into it that deeply, though. Like, I, I mean, I think he, he said this right after the uh, the Brooklyn game, right? Yep, yep. Yeah, he came off a of 39 and 13, beat the quote unquote rival this year in Philly. They were booing KD. I mean, I think he wasn't thinking a lick about Ben Simmons. He was just like, all right, I'm the defensive player of the year. But why? Like he probably had a couple good plays on defense. I don't think it was that deep. I think Gobert is still the favorite. I don't think this changes voting in any ways. Like, no voters. Like, oh, Embiid said he wants it. I'm going to vote for him. Like, I mean, I think it's it's Ben Simmons or it's Gobert. And unfortunately, I think Gobert is going to get the edge. But but why? I mean, why? Why? Why the defensive player of the year? You're right. He went for 39 and 13. That's the MVP. Yeah. That's the MVP game, not the defensive player of the year game. Well, if you look at it, he's actually been playing insane defense. His effort level he on defense been. is like he, really good. And, and that's why and that's why people say he should get the MVP over Jokic because he brings it on the defensive side too. But he's not the defensive player of the year, and he's aware enough to know that. He he he's aware enough of narratives to know that. And, and to yeah. me. To me, if you want to keep a good head amongst Ben Simmons, don't undercut him in public for the Defensive Player of the Year award. I don't know. I gotta watch the. I gotta watch the interview. I don't know. I saw the quote. I didn't see the interview. You gotta see the interview because he's just he doesn't. Yeah. Matt, correct me if I'm wrong. Ben Simmons' name never came out of his mouth. Never, never said. Pretty sure you're right. Never I said. Feel you ben just Simmons. tell by the way Joel's talking sometimes how serious he is and like how like much something means to him. So I want to see like the he interview. Dead ass, he dead ass about this, and I mean. To me, a lot of it bleeds into each other. Like Ben Simmons, three, four nights ago, was just talking about like, man, I just stopped Rudy Gobert. I just, oh, I just had, you know, forty yeah. points on Rudy Gobert earlier this year. He's not Defensive Player of the Year. I think I am. And then the next time B gets a mic in front of his face, now he's the Defensive Player of the Year. And and don't, I, I, I could go down a whole rabbit hole with this. I could say like, does he realize that he's probably going to lose the MVP to Jokic? So now he's trying to, you know, bandwagon for another yeah, award. I thought about that, which a is bit terrible too. because if you're going to do that, you're willing to kick your teammate aside for it. I still don't think the words mean anything when it comes to the award. Award. It is weird to say though. I guess it is weird for him to come out and say it. Yeah, you mean he didn't say. I don't this, think it's he any like chemistry. Room. He didn't. It's not. I don't think it's any chemistry locker room issue. It could have been an inside <laughs> joke between Ben and Joel. No, he could have been. Yo, yo, you're lying. Ben could have said, "Yo, go tell him you want defensive player of the year." Kyle, like I don't know. Kyle, you lying to yourself now. You lying? No, to but yourself. I'm just saying it doesn't matter. It doesn't. You matter. think it matters? In the grand scheme of things, it, it may not matter. But you, yeah. but. but no, it does matter. Like little little things no, like that matter. And and Ben Simmons is the type of person to take you into account little things like that. Like it absolutely does matter. Like he didn't say this in the locker room. He wasn't like caught on recording saying this to the homies on the bus or something. He said this mm-hmm. on national t- a game after national TV. ESPN is there. Like everyone in the world is watching. He under a microscope. He knows when he when and where he said it. 
and what he said it about. Yeah. Like, that's yeah, I'm he not, wants I'm the not, award. That's all it means. He yeah, wants I'm not making award. a big deal about it. <laughs> I don't think I don't think this has anything Bro, to do with Ben Simmons. They don't like each other. No, no, no. no, no, no I'm not. No, no. That, yeah. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying that there's, like, repercussions to what you say. People react to what you say. I don't think it was a slight to Ben Simmons. This isn't a sign that they don't like each other. But this is a sign of, like, damn, man, like, I, I was I was in your camp for MVP. Now you trying to take my defensive player of the year, like, and you're not even really in the race. Like, it's I, I'm I'm the sixer in the race. Yeah, we got. Well, he is. He is Joel's actually like fourth, but the odds aren't even close. It's no. like Gobert, Simmons, Miles Turner's a long shot, and then Joel's after that. It's the, yeah. the longer, longer shot. All I'm yeah. saying, man, is that's a little that's a little shaky. That's a little end of the day. He's not speaking facts. He's not speaking end facts. End of the day. He's not speaking. Facts. Yeah, at the end of the day, he definitely not speaking facts. All right, we're getting to the end. We're actually going to skip the countdown just for the sake of time of this episode. Go right into At The Buzzer. We can get some shopping stuff at The Buzzer as we always do. Kyle, you got something to say at The Buzzer? Yeah, nothing crazy, but I was uh, going through the archives, the Straight Facts archives. And uh, on Sunday, that'll be a year since my first episode here. Hey! It's already been a year. That's that's crazy. I was, I was behind the scenes then. That's when I was, you know, muted, camera off on Zoom. Yeah. Just uh, doing whatever I was doing, taking notes or some shit. I don't know. But it's been it's been uh, a year. It's been a fun year. Yes, I'm looking forward to keeping it going. Uh, you guys have been great to me. I think I've been great to you guys. So absolutely appreciate bro. you guys taking the shot on me. And I think we still got places to go. Yes, sir. You've been a great addition, man. Yeah, man. Appreciate the work you've been doing. And you're right. You you were willing to, to be behind the scenes a little bit until we figured out the landscape of bringing you on camera. And then you hit the ground running with that, bro. So time flies when you're having fun because the fact that it's yeah, a year, a year is crazy wild. to me. It yeah, is. crazy to me. Time's also stood still a little bit because we're still in the same spot we were <laughs> a year ago. Matt, you got something to say to the buzzer? So a lot of people I know got Dogecoin when it was low. Mm-hmm. And they're really happy. Mm-hmm. They make a lot of money. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, be careful. This is Uh-oh. not sustainable in any fashion. It's a meme currency. Be careful. Have fun with it. Don't, no it, don't pull out. let it hurt your, you financially. Just have fun with it. Don't act like it's your path to success. Yeah. Good job. You got early. Have fun with the winnings, but don't count on this to last for a while. Kyle, when you pulling out, man, when you liquidating? Cause, cause... I've already pulled out yesterday. I pulled out a fifth of the Dogecoin I owned, okay. and that was equal to like 400, 500% profit already wow. of what I put in. I literally got it under a cent and then rebought in at three cents. Mm-hmm. So my average price on it is like a little over two cents. And I think it's at like 38 now. So I'm already, if it goes to zero tomorrow, I'm chilling. I mean, I guess I could cash out now for a lot more, but I'm, I'm, I'm on the meme train, Matt. I've I've made my money. I've made my money. I I check it every hour. If it hits a dollar, I'm getting way out Mm -hmm. and buying something. But I mean, I'm chilling. I'm, I'm on the meme train and, and I'm not losing this time. I, I took the break even on GameStop, which I was a little salty about. <laughs> this time I ensured that I can't lose and I can only win and I've already won. So whatever happens from here, whatever. There you go. Beautiful. All I got to say at the buzzer, I said it at the top of the show. I got a little head on myself. It, I planned to say it at the buzzer. Um, but five years, man. That's that's what our, our fourth member, Jake Galley, is celebrating with his girl today. Five year anniversary of him and his girlfriend, Sarah, man. I was I was 
I wasn't there when they met, but I remember when they first started dating, man, they've been on a great journey together. So all I got to say is like big blessings to, to one of my best friends and Jake extendably one of my best friends now, I guess. And Sarah, she's part of the family too. Now, um, five years, man, that's, that's a great deal of time to spend with somebody. So that's awesome for them. They got, you know, much more of a journey to go, much more love to give, but shout out to Jake as he's not here celebrating his anniversary literally today, but that's all the time we have for this episode. It was a great one. Uh, as always, big ups to my guys, Kyle Sirik, Stat Matt Robinson, Jake, who's not with us. I'm James Jackson. These have been the facts. Straight up. I was waiting for you. I was waiting for you, Kyle, to jump up in there. I wasn't stealing that one <laughs> last time.